It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. It is episode number two, I believe it's 217 that we are on. So uh, we are live, loud, and local once again from the WIP studios. And uh, James, again, on the IR, I guess, for the season because he's out. He's done. Actually, you'll see him Tuesday night. We're going to be in Pottstown. I actually, oh, at Little Italy's uh, Pizza. So if you want to come hang out, it's the last one of the season. And uh, we'll be uh, giving away free Bud Lights prizes, things from WIP, plus there's uh, really attractive people in Pottstown, so you should be uh, going uh, specifically just for that. As we have brought in the the two new guys to the crew, uh, you have heard Teron Davenport. We'll have some news on that moving forward because we have uh, some exciting things planned for the offseason with him and Ben Natan. But Mr. Vince Quinn, welcome aboard, sir. Welcome. Uh, it's good to have you. I am glad to be here, John. It's super cool being a part of Bleeding Green Nation. You know, like, read the site all the time as a kid, yelling at people on message As a kid, about, I want to point out. He said, well, yeah. he said kid, so he's as been a, around as a while. As a wee lad. And, you know, yelling about, like, Macklin versus Deshaun, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and and so to, to actually be a part of Bleeding Green Nation Radio, super appreciative of it and, and excited to get going. Absolutely. And we'll, uh, Vince is going to – we're kicking around some ideas for uh, video things. So maybe in the offseason, fun uh, – Serious stuff, and, and all together, we'll have a very good time doing a lot of that. So we'll be expanding that along with, you heard him on our last remote podcast with John Marks and a bunch of other folks that kind of stopped by. Jack Fritz is here as well. What's on? What's going on, pal? Not much. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> glad he let me in the door, honestly. Yes. This is, this is uh, beyond what I was imagining. Yeah, so, so this th- is uh, awesome. So the mummers actually like screwed up the scheduling uh, moving forward, which actually didn't matter because the studio was, was being taken up by uh, important people doing important things. But can we just... Can I just say before we get into the football, can we just be done with mummer stuff? I mean, I I don't it, the, the it took till eleven a.m. I went out there. I was just like, I'm gonna go get. To, I was out of coffee. Went to Rite Aid. I forgot it was there. 
11 a.m. blackface. Like, seriously, can we just get done with all of that? For the, there's nothing good. There's nothing good about it anymore. And it uh, held me up coming back here. So, yeah, and the mummers. The, the mummers are so weird because I was watching the parade earlier today. Because uh, how can you not? I think the I think it's so fascinating. Like it, they look like homeless space people and, <laughs> and they're just very drunk and and none of it makes any sense they're they're big displays and i i, I love that dumb chaos that comes with it's, it's oh yeah weird, it's a very weird plague on the city for a day but i'm cool with it yeah it's one of those things where it's just like it's going to continue and nobody can defend it at the same time it's just like all right fine <laughs> yeah it's, fine we'll give you the mummers that's that's cool so i hope everyone had a good new year's in the uh in the i don't know not so hungover brandon lee gouton type of uh, new year's day is that was kind of uh, happening through there i'm gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and come out and say like i you know, first, I didn't understand why Dak Prescott was there for <laughs> two series to begin with, uh, getting crushed by uh, Rodney McLeod and a bunch of other things like that. I thought that was kind of ridiculous moving forward, even more ridiculous that Romo was in there and and all of that. But our good friend Mark Sanchez uh, won me $10 today, so I just want to say thank you very much, John Clark. As, yeah, good uh, job, Mark. Never, uh, never, never doubt the turnover machine of Mark Sanchez. But overall, Vince, I mean, like, I – I took away from this game, you know, when you're looking for that optimism, that two game, like, okay, this is this is some nice momentum that you have going through there. I didn't really feel that today. I don't know why. I just it just it was it was just kind of the a the same things that you saw all season, and even against backup second stringers, third stringers against Dallas, there wasn't a lot to at least for me to kind of grab onto. I don't know if you had the same feel. Well, yeah, you you look at this kind of game, and sure, I I want to be excited about two wins, but. When you think about it, what you're dealing with is a team that is going to have a lot of holes created upon the holes that they have. <laughs> and so, like, what what does momentum really mean when you're going to go into an offseason in the second year of a rebuild? Like, you're going to change a lot of pieces around. It, it, there's nothing that I see in terms of consistency. Like, who knows if Jason Peters is actually here next year? Connor Barwin may be gone. Like, there's, there's just not a lot that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Is it a nice win? Sure, they came to play. They didn't quit on the team. Peterson's still got a hold on the locker room. That's all. That's all great. But yeah, is do I feel great? Is this a Super Bowl team next year? A playoff team? No, I'm not yeah. saying any of that. It was it, it was a nice win. I enjoyed the game. Yeah, I, and that's Jack. That's where I kind of keep coming back to. It's just like it wasn't even wasn't even that. It's just w what can you build on? And I think a lot of the people are starting to get to. And even Zacherts had said it today in the locker room. Where finally, uh, I have a consistent quarterback. I know he's going to be here. There's going to be a relationship there. There's touchdowns. I hope it helped your fantasy team, but it still didn't really make me like, okay, great, this will be fantastic. I I see a, if they do end up getting a guy, <clears throat> Kenny Stills, where it who had a wonderful touchdown from Matt Moore uh, today, and it was very long, and he's cheap, and he's young, and he's fast. Uh, there, I, I think if you have a guy. Like that, that only helps Ertz. That only helps Matthews. And I don't know. I, I still, I'm still in the let's let's see how this plays out because we are still in the cycle of Ertz of ending into December having padded stats and in, in meaningless games. Do you take any issue with that next season? Are you feeling optimistic? Feeling doubtful? What's where are you at? Uh, I, I'm different on Ertz now. Like I, I felt, I feel different about where he is rather than the last couple years where he went off in in December and did his usual late season thing. I feel a little different now. I, I think there is actually good consistency consistency there. Um, I, I really think that him and him and Carson did they were developing into a nice connection. Um, it also helped that he was their their only weapon today. So <laughs> it really I, does I can, help. I can understand why they were feeding him as much as they were. But no, I think I think they're in a good spot. I'm not gonna you know come out and say he's gonna be Gronk like, but. 
Zach Ertz is a fine football player, and I think that him and Carson had a nice connection going forward. It's going to be – it's only going to help us. Yeah, and, and there was a couple of times there when they were in the red zone, I also noticed that there was – again, it's it's the Darren Spurl show still. Like, you are trying to manufacture a lot of things. I think our own man Darren kind of tweeted at me pointing out. It's just like, yeah, when you're – they don't have a fastball, so – you you end up going five wide and still putting Sproles in like an an in out route to try and score and it still doesn't happen so that's more like their curveball to manufacture that so I I still don't know how to kind of take that away where I'm like yes that's good coaching to try and get it into the best players hands but at the same time like I it is it's not ideal it's not ideal no. so so you're trying to you're trying to consume and I've even suggested to the point of okay if if you only have one year Darren Sproles. And if you do feel like me, and the gap is a little wider than one year, and you'll be in playoff contention, because I'm not, I'm still not sold on that yet until free agency offseason comes Come around. On, we're seven and nine. We're a Super Bowl team next year, John. <laughs> yes, get on the bandwagon. That's where it's like we always talk about those close games, and and then they were really close this year. And if they would have just gone the other way, it would have worked out. Sure, but a lot of those, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still not buying in into that. You know, what? just what we were discussing with. Would you keep Darren Sproles around, I guess, for one year, even though you know he's done after this one? That's the question I've been asking all week. No, you trade him. You trade him as fast as you can to whoever will take him for a pick. That, that's all you want. You, what are you going to do with a 33-year-old guy? Uh, sure, he might be a nice player for you, and he is the big playmaker on the team, but you need to find out the future of everything now. It's That window is over. Like, they went into last season with the illusion that, or into this season, well, I guess last season now, right? It's over. So yeah, yeah, last season. We're not in the playoffs. So <laughs> They're we, officially on yeah. the clock at 14. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, so going into it, okay, you have Sam Bradford initially. You're thinking they were one foot in, one foot out about competing, but they were competing. They, they talked about going to the playoffs, and, and they meant it. And going into next year, what is it worth to you? You have all these young running backs. You've got Barner and Marshall and, and Smallwood. So you got to try those guys out. you got to see who can stick. Because it's always uh, the, the Cowboy and his trusty steed, right? Like, who's <laughs> who's that guy that's going to be supporting Wentz that he can trust week in, week out, year in, year out? Sproles isn't that guy. Why keep him? Yeah, I, and I, I feel the same way, Jack. I don't know if you do as well, but it's just like I know people say, well, if you are there, if they have a good draft and suddenly have all these different pieces that might get you there and win the division, sure, it'd be nice to have that guy if if he's like the decision between getting to the playoffs and not, and that could always backfire. But at the same time, you've seen – I know there's been a lot of different talk about the Eagles not hitting on late-round picks, but your, your starting center has been a seventh-round pick for a while. You've hit on – you know, Kelsey, if you can, or excuse me, Kelsey and Selleck. Selleck was a fifth rounder. I'm sure there would so, there would be somebody that would pay for Darren Sproles for a fifth round pick, I, I think. You know, I think like the Patriots or whoever else would kind of go in there. A smart team would. Yeah, a I mean, smart team. But, uh, you know, realistically, even if that turns into a sixth or seventh, that's still a shot at Jalen Mills or Kelsey or something like that. You Can you go in and develop now? And that's that's the goal. The goal is not to hold on to all these pieces. Same thing with Jason Peters. I don't think he's tradable, but I'm still I'm still on the wavelength of if it saves you nine million dollars now, and if Connor Barwin saves you nine million dollars now, and you can put that elsewhere, then you do that. I don't think it's worth it to hold on to those guys moving forward. But I don't know where your head's at. I'll lump I, both of them together. I don't know right really now. where I'm at either because I, I see exactly what you're saying. I just don't like blatantly making our team worse heading into next year, and I think Darren Sproles automatically makes our team better and him not being here does make us worse regardless of what you think of byron marshall or or uh, kenyon barner and those guys um also are we sure sproles wants to be here 
Because, I mean, if you are if you're, know you're retiring at the end of next year and you know that you're not going to win a Super Bowl in Philly, why wouldn't you try to get traded for to go to a contender? Maybe imagine him in New England. Exactly. <laughs> he would be insane in New England. So, uh, really, if, if Darren wants to go, I wouldn't, you know, it doesn't, it, I wouldn't be obliged. But uh, if he wants to be here, he wants to help us win, I don't really want to move him. I understand what you're saying, but I love Darren Sproles. Peters, you're, you're hanging on to, though? I am because my main concern is keeping Carson healthy. But see, I keep coming. I understand that, too. And that that's all part of don't make this team worse by having Jason Peters out there or, you know, or by by eliminating him just to save room on the on the cap. But at the same time that <laughs> even though, see, we had the whole discussion the entire year, but like, oh, my God, he's so healthy and we didn't expect this to come. I just feel like you're tempting fate one more time if you're going, he's going to be OK. And even if it's, I guess if if it's for two or three games, you're still you would still rather have him here. But if there is at any point where he just doesn't look like himself, is not going to be himself, like you keep you keep flirting with this. So I would rather again go the banner route and dispose of folks that are going to be there anyway, even if it's a year too early, and save yourself the time and really get somebody in there to develop and and do all those things. The offensive line is going to shuffle again anyway, so you might as well get guys in there that you know. Or new, I guess. And new guys work with new guys. Well, it won't even necessarily be a new guy. It's going to be Lane Johnson. So he's been here. He's been a good player. We paid him that money. Well, I didn't pay him, but Howie Roseman paid him that no, money. No, I saw it with your to, own wallet. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> saw you pay him. Yeah. Uh, do you accept pennies, Lane Johnson? But anyway, uh, yeah, so you've paid him. You knew that was going to be the plan. Everyone's understood it. He's ready. He's obviously a talented guy. Just move him over. We've seen Big V in an extended stretch. He can play right tackle. It's already there. It's You know, move on. It, it's over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know there's – there's and again, this is where you come back to, Jack, because you can go in, in 70 different ways – in this draft, and it just really depends on where they're going to plug the hole in free agency, which I all think we agree it's going to be at wide receiver and or corner or, or you know, so uh, I, that kind of leaves them open to take and draft more offensive linemen, which we keep I don't know, saying over and over again, like that's where, you, that's where your foundation is. That's where you go get a running back and go get offensive line, and that's where it kind of should be. They're not out of the woods with that. That's what I'm saying. This team did not get that much younger with one draft, and there's always going to be holes kind of all over the place, but that's what I'm saying. I, I'm still, I am still Jason Peters. If you want to get rid of him, along with Connor Barwin, I'm okay because you have to start anew. You have to keep, you know, pressing forward. This team is not gonna. Be, they're gonna get caught in the same situation which we're watching, like Washington or somebody in right now. Which who lost did, by the way? They they did lose. So congratulations, Kirk Coupons is again now one and eleven in games where people are five hundred or better, and again at home, awful. So. Against a Giants team that had all their backups in, they were ten point favorites. And lost. unbelievable, That's, that can't happen. Unbelievable. Pay him today, Snyder. <laughs> by the Pay way, him today. <laughs> by the way, also, well, that's that's why I wanted him in there, and I think they maybe they waver on that a little bit because of this football game. Which also, by the way, I haven't seen anything updated since the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Deshaun Jackson in a large football game, one catch, twenty three yards. So you know, again. No. Still strain. No, Deshaun really. <laughs> Amaz- Does it sound like him? Amazing, amazing that that happens. But I guess that's overall. Do you? It's, it's back to that discussion again. Where do you think it's? It is. They need to be in a more of a rebuild mode, or do you think that a lot of these pieces can work together with just a corner, a wide receiver, and then hope for the best moving forward? I, I'm, I'm very. It's, it's such a teetering line for me because my main concern is keeping Carson upright. 
and if you remove Jason Peters, does it hurt Carson going forward? Which I don't. Which is an excellent point. So that's where I'm at. If it if it hurts Carson's development, I don't want to move on from Jason Peters. You take the hit, whatever. Maybe he restructures. I don't know if he won't. Will or won't. No, he's definitely not. Definitely going not to. at this point. <laughs> uh, Eleven but, million dollars coming to him. No, no way. No, I know. It's just, but if if you feel strongly that uh, Vitai can be your right tackle, Lane Johnson can be your left tackle, which I'm sure Lane Johnson can. He's fantastic. Um, and, and Carson is, is going to be okay because, once again, he's the most important part of this franchise, um, then I'm perfectly fine moving on from Jason Peters. Anything to surround Carson, you know, wide receiver-wise. We thought you you want Kenny Stills, Deshaun. I mean, they might go after Deshaun. Who says that they're not that Deshaun's not using us to to juice his value? Oh, of course. More. I've thought that for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if Deshaun helps Carson, then whatever. I mean, you, you bite the bullet. But I like Kenny Stills as well. Yeah, and it's not that, again, it, uh, as we always get into that discussion, it's not me not wanting Deshaun here. It's just price point, age, exactly. length of contract. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather have newer guys in, in, in fresh eyes on this thing because I'm just I'm, I'm tired of looking at it. The other thing that I thought was interesting today, when Doug Peterson was asked how much control he really does have with personnel, that's still an ongoing discussion. You know, They're going to have it again with Howie. They're going to have a lot of those different situations. I think we all know the answer to that, too, because – I don't know if it's a Doug trigger that I figured out, and it's just me, the poker player, that's always trying to read tells. But like every question that is just like, yeah, that's fine. It did it. He comes out right out, and they asked him how much uh, is that discussion going to happen. Is like, yeah. Well, you know, so there would be always like a long pause when he's like, fuck, what do I say here? What do I say here to not make myself look uh, like I don't have a lot of control here, which I, I just don't think he's going to. And that, that's kind of the discussion that was happening towards the end of the year. Is he going to call plays heading into next season? And uh, and I tried to, tried to get in one more at the end where I was saying, you know, is there at any point if he does have full autonomy or whatever, what would be a situation where he does give up that control? And I don't. I don't really have an opinion on that either way. I think he's fine calling plays. I think he did an okay job of doing that this year. Do you have one way or the other? Should he hand it over to Frank Reich, or do you have any opinions on that? No, I'm fine with it. I think the problem is when you look at where the season went, um, I think he struggled once the team got a lot of notoriety after the bye. You know, it was like, wow, we're 3-0. and We've renamed the whole state. It's Wennsylvania now. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, he went from being this super creative, fun guy. He, he did all sorts of interesting plays. And, and then he became so dry and basic. And if he goes back to that, when he reviews the season, like he needs to see those first three games again because I thought he was very special there. And I think he has that potential, but he's got to grow. And, and he just, he, I, I think he honestly struggled handling the pressure of being in a big market with a winning team and starting to get that national spotlight. So he, he's just got to mature. Yeah, and I think that's part of the growing process. Would you want Doug involved in personnel decisions, though? Not yet. No, not for me. Because I do. Really? I think it's time. I think, it, 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 you know, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean that in the not like have control of 53 or, or any of that, but I mm -hmm. think if he's, if he's not in the more of the discussion, which, I, I I would bet that it would be really hard this season to get him involved in there with how things were shuffled around. They And again, we still don't know exactly who number one GM or player personnel guy really is, even though it's pretty much laid out for us. But at the same time, I think if you don't have him working with Joe Douglas or working with Howie or doing a lot of that stuff in a little more an important role, like increase it as the years keep continuing, do you really like this guy over this guy? Tell us why, et cetera, et cetera. Because, again, like you don't want – I, I know it's the the thing that always is, is – it's how the NFL is set up already anyway, but most coaches 
have really good relationships with their GM. I just want to see that develop, I guess, with him and Howie. I don't I don't want it to be like, yeah, you you do your job and I'll do mine. And I think that's still where it's at. And I think that doesn't <laughs> I don't know, that doesn't give any I don't think Doug's going to be happy with just just where he's at right now, so I'd like to see that move moving forward. Oh, yeah, and every head coach wants that. They all want the chance to have say in the roster, which is totally understandable. You're dealing with those guys every day. As a general manager, you walk in, you say, hey, how's it going? And then you, you go back to your office. And so uh, for Peterson, it's so interesting when it comes to roster control because obviously, you know, Roseman, Douglas, whoever, they're, they're calling the, the main shots, but Schwartz is running the defense. So Peterson in that regard, yeah, the same the same way, the same feel. Yeah, so you've got with Peterson, I mean, really no control, and to the point where it's been embarrassing. Because think of the whole Josh Huff situation. Oh, we're just going to put some loving on him. He's you spread it like <laughs> butter, and and so what happens the next day? He gets cut, and Peterson looks awful. So he's clearly mm-hmm. had no say. And, and they don't even tell him the decisions when they're doing it. And it, he's got to be more involved. It, it makes for a better, cohesive team. I'll, I'll give him a pass on that one because I really do think that there, were, there was more information that came. Well, I don't know anymore because he's in Tampa. Like, there was no hesitation from the Bucks to go, oh, yeah, come on the practice squad. And then now, we, you know, he's, he, he was wide receiver number three, and they <laughs> returned three, two and a half weeks later. So, I, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that. Do you, do, should, should he have a little more say in what's going on? When you asked me that, I thought you were asking, like, a chip kind of. Oh, no, no, no. Just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just progressively just yeah, wanted no, to get I more involved. Completely agree. I mean, it, it, you have to have good camaraderie throughout the organization. Your head coach has to have some kind of say. And if he sees a guy that he likes a lot, uh, he is, he should at least, you know, be, be listened to by Howie and whatnot and Joe Douglas and whoever else is in there. Um, yeah, I agree with you with that. Yeah, so uh, and with that moving forward, I, I, the other you know most important part of the, this situation is is Carson Wentz, and I got to tell you, fellas, I, this is I uh, I was I got a little worried today, and I know it is just in the the smallest of uh, of th- look, it's a meaningless football game. I get that it wasn't meaningless for the Eagles, like their jobs on the line. There's I, I was not impressed with Carson Wentz today. I was not. There are there were, and maybe I got to go back and look at it. So before you at me and buy it's Brandon Gouton, you can reach me if you have a complaint about any of this <laughs> yeah. stuff. I just was I wasn't impressed overall. I think when you are the escapability thing is still there, and that's great. And I think that yes, if he can step up into the middle of the pocket rather than going from side to side, and there is that thing there, which goes back to our Jason Peters point. I think if if that's consistent, and he he will he I have faith that he'll look better. But it's still worrisome. I mean, when you are missing way high on Zach Ertz in the middle of the field when he's wide open saying, I'm open, and passing to the ghost of Jeremy Macklin because there was nobody there 20 yards in front of him where he's throwing to, it's concerning. Even the Zach Ertz touchdown, I, you know, it was a good throw. I don't know if it was on, on him or Ertz to make that a little more difficult catch, but I don't know. I had, I had some concerns about Wentz today. Well, there's concerns to be had because one of the things with Wentz too is when he started the season, one thing he did consistently, and it was it was great, and that was it was why he got so much praise for being a mature, veteran seeming kind of guy, is when plays broke down and he's getting pressure and he's going towards the sideline, which happened a lot this year, he was throwing the ball away. Then later in the season, never was throwing it away. He did it today and that was that was a nice thing, but it's not something he's always done. And so you see, you see the the need for a little more maturity there. You see when he's on the run in the pocket, they've had to. Um, he he wouldn't set his feet, and and it's just a, it's a it's these basic little things that you'd think he would have picked up by now and and doesn't have. So 
you know, we talked about at the beginning of the show. Do you feel how do you feel about this team going forward, carrying momentum and all that stuff? Wentz still has a lot of work to do, as, as much as he played a good game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that throw that you're talking about, the ghost of Macklin. I don't. <laughs> how does that even happen? I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I that's, have never, that's pretty basic. I've never seen a quarterback make a throw that like that bad, like just miss that high. And the thing with Wentz, and you know, the, I I buy into him a lot. I think he's a friend. I think he's the guy going forward. Obviously, I I, I haven't been incredibly impressed these last couple weeks I think he's grinded out wins which I think is important going forward you know the, the Baltimore game he grinded that out I didn't think he looked great at all that final drive I thought was actually his worst final drive yeah, of the season was. yeah and, and they ended up actually converting well the, the escape was was nice and the, trying to get a piggyback right from Darren Sproles is pretty good that was nice but still <laughs> yeah same time some it's, it's some winning plays which I, I liked a lot mm -hmm. the thing that I keep going back to is they were working on his mechanics all training camp they came out three and oh and his mechanics were fine and then the line started breaking down, and he kind of went back into those habits from college where next year he's going to have a whole – he's going to have nine months until the season starts to work on all his mechanics, um, fix all of that. He's not going to go back to the old college habits. And I think going forward, you know, that's why you're glad he played all 16 games oh, and you yeah. have to sit behind Sam Bradford because there's things that you can't be taught on the sideline. So what Jack is saying was, I was right because there was no fucking way you should have said that guy for any amount of time. Because he needs the experience, he's going to be, and he turned twenty-four. So well, and he, I, I am happy for that. At least, and he was learning how to th like throw in a tight windows. We saw uh, the Giants game. There were some windows that uh, that in college he probably could fit that ball into, but now he can't fit it in there. Like the Dom the Rogers Cromartie pick, that was a or drop pick. That was one where next year I don't think he's going to make that throw. I think he's yes. only going to learn, and that's something that you cannot learn on the sidelines watching Sam Bradford or Chase Daniel out there. Yeah, so. let's talk about that for a little bit, because can you imagine if Bradford was still here, injury-free, finally made it through oh, he six, did it. 16 games? Yeah. and what, I mean, because I, I don't know how the season would have gone. They were in it until the last three weeks, so maybe Carson Wentz sees three weeks of play, right, for the, re for the rest of it. Can you imagine what it would be like? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he gives you the first three weeks of – of the season and it's lumped into the end. Do you think the optimism is much higher and much brighter than it is right now? Yes. Because I think people would be freaking out and be like, oh my God, why didn't you start this guy from game one? Yeah, the the optimism would be through the roof. And that's that's the thing. It's these small sample sizes. Anybody can look good in three games. Uh, before we even did the show, uh, me and Jack were talking. And it was like, hey, remember that Nick Foles era and how funny that was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, three games can, can make you seem like the greatest player in the world. I mean, we're hearing the Brett Favre comparisons and his head's like Peyton Manning and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but A gunslinging Peyton Manning. It's just like, wow, you just created a great greatest quarterback ever in your head so uh, yeah oh, that was easy sure let's, let's get one of those in every single draft yeah yeah um so yeah the the optimism would have been crazy and, and that is why it is it's such a great thing uh not just in terms of evaluating Wentz but you know we're talking about like veterans and whether to keep them and all this stuff you, you have a good idea of what your realistic window is and so you can plan appropriately for next year you don't have to say well Wentz was great in these three games let's sign everyone possible because now we yeah. win now mode and and they're not and so, thank God it didn't turn out that way. And and thanks for the pick, Minnesota. Much appreciated. <laughs> Absolutely, because that would have been it would have been a completely different situation. And you're right. I don't know if we'd be, we wouldn't be discussing this as heavy. He's like, oh yes, he winces now that he's acclimated. It was good to get that. He's really going to come out firing. Yeah, you should hold on to a bunch of these different guys and whatever too. I want to get your thoughts on this too because I've been going back and forth all week about Benny Logan and. And you're you're going to have to make a decision on him this year, and also with Brandon Graham next year. And I don't know how. Again, it's it's one of those things where it's just either 
You know, it's it, it, it comes down between Peters. It comes down between a lot of these different guys and holding on to. Who are you choosing out of that to keep, if any? I don't know. The, the, the Benny thing is tough because do you want to pay – he's going to get, what, you think 80 Some Probably. I mean, like in funny money, yeah, in, in the guarantee of somewhere around Do you want to sink $180 million into two defensive tackles? Yes, I do. I do. You're a terrible person. No, no, no way. Yes, yes. No way. Because what are you going to do next? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the that's the that's the market, unfortunately. So if you're telling me that Bo Allen is going to be your starter next year, or Destiny Vio, or or any of those guys that are coming through there, if you're going to just start somebody that's from the draft, no, I'm out. You know, it's just I don't I I don't. That's ridiculous to me. Like I, bad contracts from Vinnie Curry and Zach Ertz and who else is is else is is shouldn't dictate what you're signing next. That's my that's my issue. But if it's but if it's Benny Logan and you're going to pay him eighty million dollars, that is a bad contract and you shouldn't pay it because how many teams when they win a Super Bowl or even they're they just have great runs? It's not oh well they they build it on the backs of their defensive tackles. That's not how it how it usually goes teams pass more now they they do short passing game the the value of a defensive tackle has gone down and just because the market's gone up and it only went up because of that that awful contract in the Dominican Sioux I mean what quarterback yeah. is worth or what uh what defensive tackles worth 20 million dollars a year I mean that is that is crazy money and so just because the market says it's worth something doesn't mean it's actually worth that. So th the prices are bad. Let people figure that out. As Marcel Darius complains, as Muhammad Wilkerson's a malcontent with the Jets, as we're seeing uh, Fletcher Cox underperformed for $17 million a year, yeah. let all of those things correct the market and let the price come down. But for now, it's unfortunate. you got to let Benny Logan walk, and you don't think twice about it. Man, yeah, I, I think we're going to be regretting uh, a lot of that <laughs> for the next couple of years. Because again, it's it's just back to like you're gonna have to you know unless you know Toronto Davenport as uh, you guys uh, can listen to and catch on our, our latest BGN radio show on uh, Sports Radio 984 WIP was suggesting like a NASCAR package where Vinnie Curry could play defensive tackle and that's kind of what the Giants used to do in those Super Bowl runs with you know OC and and all those guys yeah, that are mixed Justin in there. Tuck was a great one. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean I guess you're just kind of. <laughs> You're really just going – at that point, I guess you're saying – you're waving the flag and saying, okay, this defensive line is not as special as you thought it would be, which is fine. And I don't know if the market ever gets resets on that. I, I honestly don't. I don't think it does by the, by the time that – players I don't think will allow that unless there are 32 teams that go, okay, you're not going to pay the tackle this much money because th that's – I mean, Benny Logan will get that money from somebody else, whether that's Cleveland or – Who's ever desperate for another a run stuffing defensive tackle? I just I don't I don't really kind of see that uh, ever changing. And that's yeah. a discussion you're gonna have to uh, get. Where where do you put the money then? That's what I'm saying. Like where do you, and it doesn't even have to be anybody on here. But what are you saving it for? What who's that guy that you're gonna be like going to get? Is Drake you know is Fitzpatrick really gonna be like demanding a ton of money? Is it you know Steph Green? Yeah. I I don't know. Where are you putting the money then? Are you just holding on to it in case? The next couple of free agents to come along in the next couple of years, and like, okay, that's that's the guy. Do you need to do attack, or like, would do you need a splashy move this year? I guess more or less, I should ask. I don't think you need a splashy move, and I understand what you're saying. Where I mean, where else would you put it? I guess you could if there's a good edge rusher out there. If you could find a guy for that, but do those guys really hit the market? And if if you're letting that guy kind of hit the market, do you, do you really want him anyway? And that's why I keep going back with cornerbacks. It's like if you have a great cornerback, why are you letting him go? 
Like, why do they even hit the market sometimes? Well, unless it's the Rams, then if they if <laughs> yeah. they please pick up where any DB coming from the Rams, <laughs> because they obviously don't know how to hold McLeod, on to Al Jenkins. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, it's pretty pretty ridiculous. Guys go. So you know, in a sense, I do agree with you. I mean, Benny Logan, he's worth the money. I mean, he's fantastic. It's just. I don't, know. I don't like the idea of sinking that much. I'm not sinking because I think he's fine. I think Fletcher Cox. I See, think, I, I'll say sinking. You're sinking that money. <laughs> All right, proceed. Into a boat. <laughs> I think Fletcher Cox, I think his play was completely overblown. I think people made him the scapegoat for the whole defensive line. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, in a sense, I don't think great teams do that. But also you got to take care of your own guys. And they don't have a competent backup at this point. Yeah, and I, I just – that's where – I guess to me the philosophies of what they came in here with early in this offseason – with those contracts, you just automatically assume that Benny would be next. They're like they're taking care of all these different guys. They took a, they took care of Connor Barwin when they shouldn't have either. Like, and so, Brent Selleck. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, well, I, I, to that regard, I think they had to. I mean, there's there was no fill-ins for there um, without uh, without that early injury to Zach Hurts. I don't know if you see Trey Burton as much as you do right now, uh, moving forward. But still, like there is, yeah, there's still that. And by the way, Jake Butt, buddy, I know you're trying to be tough and all that stuff, but don't like. That's that's the reason why those other guys opted out. I don't I don't care about you know because that's a guy I, I really thought would replace Selleck. I thought that's a that's a perfect target to go after and get. He's another pass catching tight end that's you know kind of the same way and he can block. Another discussion for yeah. another day. But at the same time, like the the, the different philo- that's why I'm always confused on what are they trying to accomplish. First they come into the season and they say we're going to be competitive. We're going to do these things. Now you're moving it now because it's bad and it shifted directions and. Things didn't end up the way they did, and there's injuries, and there's Lane Johnson. There's a whole bunch of other crap that's behind that. Now it's a rebuild. So are you trying to take care of you guys or you're not? That's what, I, I'm confused on this. If that, I, Forget the message. I guess, well, no, not forget the message part of it. That's what, what is that saying? You know, like I'll take care of these guys, but not necessarily whatever. I guess that's part of the business too, but it's just a mixed message for me. Well, well that's also one of those traps, and it's part of the reason why I don't want Deshaun Jackson here at all. I'm totally with you on that, because when it comes to paying guys because they're here, because it's that family aspect and you have familiarity, not always the best thing. You want to pay the right guys. You want to pay enough of the guys that you've drafted and developed so that players feel like when a time when the time comes, they'll get that contract and, and it'll be reasonable. But you don't have to do it with everyone just for the sake of doing it. It's okay to let talent walk, especially when you're in a situation where you're you're hoping you've got really three years left uh, for this next team window because that's before the Wentz contract. So any time before then is when you want to win for the Super Bowl. But you don't need to pay Benny Logan that money uh, just because he's here. It's it's a then nice why are message, we so gung ho- Why are we so gung ho about Jason Peters being here for eleven million dollars next year? Then if that's the case. That's what I'm saying. Like, why is that? Yeah. What's the what's there's a big gap of, of context there. Like, that's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're like, oh, one year, of this, oh, we still need one year, of Jason Peters. And we need one year, of Darren Sproles. Oh, no, he's 26. No, fuck that guy because it's 80 million dollars. Like, what? where's the what are we talking about then? Because you have to you have to fill those positions again this year or next year. So yeah. like again, you're just you're 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 fucking you're on ice and you're just like a pick of of letting yourself through there. That's how I feel it's about not, this. It's thing. not one clear message. I understand what you're saying. You know, I mean, paying Jason Peters at 11 million, but letting a talented 26 year old walk is sort of like ridiculous and kind of <laughs> it's taking one step forward and one step back in a sense. But my question is: Is do you think Howie paid paid all of the homegrown guys to kind of rebuild the the locker room and the culture around that? Because every time Chip walks into the locker room and you looked at him the wrong way, you were gone. So do you think that any of that had to do with it? Do you think Howie was giving out that kind of money? I absolutely do, and I think that was more of 
Jeff's decision as well to show you, like, hey, we're not going to – we're trying to create a team here. We're trying to create a culture. We're trying to do all that other stuff. We're trying to move on from that. And because of that scramble in the beginning of them trying to figure that out, that's what happens, you know? I mean, they were trying to scramble. I think Howie was excited, too. He's like, I'm finally back, and I'm going to – Bang, 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 and watch this, and I can Showtime. flip this and do this. And like, I'm the man. And he was the man. Like, I'm going to fucking trade Kiko, and I'm going to trade Byron Maxwell. I'm going to get a quarterback, and we're all amazed by that. And we should be, because that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And at the same time, when you're rattling and you're shooting the shit in your back, it's just the, it's the same way about, like, it's the best way I can relate it to is when you're gambling, and you haven't gambled for a long time, and you're feeling that energy, you're feeling the adrenaline, you're shooting craps, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to keep betting heavy, because this is hot. And then all of a sudden, you trade Eric Rowe. Okay. Oh, oh shit! No, that's what I, I need that back. Can I get that back? Can I get it? Like, the, the, so there's there are little things along there. No, I'm gonna pay Zach Ertz a bunch of money. Oh shit! You know, like I, I need to I need to write home. You know, and then you're looking for money. And I'm not saying that it's the downfall of all this. It's just that's if you could change the two things about Vinny Curry's contract and Zach Ertz's contract, it's a completely different discussion about Benny Logan right now, is it not? Oof. I, I see. I want. I am so anti Benny Logan right now. That and I love Benny. I think he's a good player. But it, I'm not paying a defensive tackle eighty million dollars. I I hate the Fletcher Cox contract. I think it's one of the worst. But you're not paying him eighty million dollars. It's funny money. It's, well, it's, yeah. it's whatever but, the well, even whatever you know. whatever the annual average is. I mean, if you're paying so Cox is seventeen. Now they've got the same agent. So if you're you've got a hometown advantage as Logan, and so you could say, okay, well you're paying him seventeen. I'm worth at least twelve. That's $30 million almost per year in two players that play non-important positions. I mean, if you were to run down the list of important positions in the NFL, where does defensive tackle defensive tackle rank on that list? Uh, I mean, yeah, you're I, thinking, I, ta- I don't know. Tackles, quarterback, wide receiver, uh, middle linebacker. I mean, we're but they have like the, six I, positions in, I'm and, with you, and but, you're not even thinking about but it. But they have their quarterback now. That's what I'm saying. Like I, w- I'm a, I was the same way with Fletcher Cox and trading him for Mariota because I knew the difference between a franchise, co- a, a, a playoff team, and a non-playoff team as a quarterback, and they didn't have one. So I was all about it. But now that they have a quarterback, like now you have to put things around that to make sure it sustains. That's but, what I'm saying. It's, it's part you, of the building. Why are you letting Darren Sproles and Jason Peters? Because go? they're not going to be here next year. That's the difference. They're, this guy's 26. He's going to get signed, and he's definitely going to play bearing injury for another five years. So why why again are you, <laughs> it's that whole thing of like I don't know it, it all all of what I'm coming down to is it's going to be really tough to make a lot of these different decisions and I, I'm saying yeah. I would rather get rid of Barwin get rid of Peters get rid of Sproles get rid of Kelsey and just move on from there and just be like this is this is not going to be a part of this in the future and though although it may be early although you can get a year or two or three out of some of these guys it's easier to free up that cap money and move on through four so. Again, there's going to be a lot of discussion about a lot of this in the offseason, and I'm not, I'm still not sure. We can debate forever as far as what positions are of need, but I'm still down with Eagles can't be choosy. So whatever's, whatever's standing right in front of them, you can't really pass on a guy like I'm all on board with with Dalvin Cook if the, if somehow I'm okay with trading up for him too. You know, if he's right on the edge of ten and he's going to sneak up there, and you've got to go up a couple of spots, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I want to get into a story that happened today, but we'll do some we'll do some final thoughts as we're rolling through here, Vince. All right. So, yeah, I, you know what it is because we're talking about uh, talking about whether they're playing for now, whether it's a rebuild. They've been doing honestly one of the dirtiest words in sports, and it's retooling. 
I hate retweet. Yeah, I hate that word. <laughs> do do one or the other. Don't don't just say, oh, we're just going to be okay for a little bit. We'll sign some veterans and just kind of plug holes, and we'll be eight and eight for a season or two, and then you know, hopefully, eventually down the line, we're much better. If if you're going, to, if you're content with being in the middle, you know, I was a process guy, all that kind of stuff. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> I think we all are in yeah, this town. That's right? a trigger word for me. Yeah. So if we could not <laughs> process, 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 sorry, process, process. sorry. I just met you, and I'm going to test you heavily. Um, <laughs> No, but I, I was all about that kind of stuff. That's why, yeah, trade Sproles, cut Peters. This is an old team. Start the youth movement, but do it in the right way and set yourself up to get the right contracts at the right time. Benny Logan isn't one of them, but you got three years left with Wentz on the cheap deal. You don't need to rush it right now. Yeah, I think if there's, again, a, you know, we're still even talking long term. I think there's a way that Benny Logan would stay here on a three-year deal, knowing that he could get another contract. But it's another conversation for another podcast. Jack, any final thoughts as you're rolling out here, pal? All I could think about during the whole podcast, we're talking about, you know, team needs and whatnot. Imagine if we didn't have a first-round pick. Like the, the pick, oh my god! I couldn't even imagine. Woo. Like, wh- wow. what would we be talking about? Like second round picks? Like I, you would be. The, you know what the conversation would be? Honestly, I think at least the majority of it, it was just too much. It was just too much, and you could have stayed there and got Dak Prescott and got a, a, a Conklin or some something stupid like that. That would be the conversation. The Eagles paid too much to get him, and now they have a bunch of holes. That's exactly, exactly what it would exactly. be. Exactly. So uh, all I can stop, I can't stop thinking about if we didn't have a first round pick, we wouldn't be looking at a Dalvin Cook. We don't. We wouldn't be looking at a Mike Williams, Corey Davis. Although Corey Davis came out today and said that he's a Des Bryant fan and he grew up a Cowboys fan. I'm out. He's off my so, draft board. Yep, Check that be. one off the wish list. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we have we have holes. I mean, we everyone knows that we have holes at cornerback, we have holes at wide receiver. Having that first round pick is so beyond important, uh, and especially for a guy like Sam Bradford, who, to his credit, bit of a fine year. I mean, 20, 20 touchdowns, five picks, set the uh, all time completion percentage record today, yeah, which is for two yard pass. I know, which is which is insane, <laughs> insane. I mean, it's it's Sammy checkdown, but uh, the first overall pick is so clutch, and we, and we really needed that in a, in, a, in a in a deep cornerback draft. You know, you got Tease Tabor. I mean, well, we have plenty of time to talk oh, about yeah, yeah. the draft, but. Just having that first round pick is such a security blanket for what this team, where this team is right now. Yeah, and that's again is is when I always give Howie credit for that because that's that's the moment that I felt secure with everything. Like I had a bunch of criticisms leading up to that, and you're going to keep Bradford here, and what's the point in that? And you have to get your rookie, and you paid too much for him, and now he's going to be here, and then it all goes away once there's. Uh, I think I think Bradford Wally pipped them too. I, I don't think they're going to move on from them at all. I mean, like they're going to they're going to. The, the, I know we were making fun of the sunk cost term a lot on this podcast for the last two years, but they're going to do that to death. They're going to make sure that Sam Bradford is there for. I don't know. I, I, a lot of that probably has to do with Teddy Bridgewater's injury too. Like I, I it sounds like he's never going to come back, but it'll be an interesting thing to keep your eye on, especially and even more so just as uh, fans and things like that to have the draft here and have a first round pick and and be excited by that also not knowing where it's going to go which is always a fun thing and then everybody will complain about it one way or the other when they don't go with Dalvin Cook or they go with you know some a defensive tackle or a linebacker instead of like an offensive player and we all have to google him and complain about it uh so I'm I, I these guys are probably sick of hearing it because I've told this story about 90 times ever since we walked into the studio but kind of interesting this week <laughs> where I didn't pay attention to the fourth quarter because Jeff McLean got kicked out of the press box. And that's whatever. I, I mean, everybody's heard the story by now uh, through Twitter and through Les Bowen and, and a lot of that. It's just insane to me that a guy would actually be removed for talking in the press box. And it is a professional 
spot, and everybody understands the rules there, and there's no, there was no big hooting or hollering. It was really just less Rube and McLean all just trying to discuss and decipher what, what the penalty call was on Wentz, whether they called it for a late hit out of bounds or whether it was, you know, swiping the helmet or whatever. And Eagle Stafford came down, basically, I, I think, from my understanding, embarrassed Jeff because – Again, there was they were doing nothing other than what anybody else was doing in the middle or to the far right of the press box, which happens every Sunday, which you're always discussing. People are cracking jokes and doing things. So Jeff calmly went to the staffer and I mean, like not in a, <laughs> I not in like the the, uh, the you know it wasn't like a Mary Poppins type of conversation. It was like, hey, <laughs> you know d- 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 that was unnecessary. Like, it's fine, and they, you know, I, I had thought they had worked it out, and it was cool, and then 10 or 15 minutes later, the vice president of marketing comes down and really kicks you out, and then has this thing, if anybody objects to me removing Jeff, I'll kick you out too, and it was very just, you know, the and, and I know I will say this, the Eagles PR staff has been fantastic each and every year. Derek Boyko has always made sure that, you know, people are taken care of, they're always there if you need extra time for Certain people, if you didn't get a question in there in the press conference, they've been phenomenal all year. So I, I don't. This is not a representation of all of them. But again, like it is very odd that your VP of marketing and media and do all this stuff make a huge story out of that in Game 16 in a glorified fifth preseason game, and now everybody's going to talk about it for for at least the next three or four days. So I'm sure Kyle's going to pick it up and Sean's going to pick it up, and there's going to it's going to be all over the place. We even talked about it a little bit today and got yelled at which is it's just totally my fault and I apologize for, for doing so but at the same time like that's that that stuff like that happens people want to know people like any sort of drama especially when there's nothing going on so again uh, I I guess I stand with McLean and I know that you know everybody Hashtag I'm with McLean. Yes, everybody remembers the the Asante Samuel calling him and Les out and saying, you know, <laughs> Jeff and Les to the podium. Jeff and Les to the podium cuz like you know, they took swings at each other a long time ago and that was always kind of funny to bring up, but I don't you know, either one of those guys like as as much as they get crucified on Twitter or whoever hates them or loves them, like they 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 did nothing out of the ordinary of anybody else. And what was even more screwed up is after that happened, people were laughing and joking and doing a lot of stuff during that during the last 10 minutes of that entire game. Like people were, you know, like, oh, Mark Sanchez, oh, God, don't make fun of my boy. Like you you heard that throughout the – so it's like why did they single that out? And it just seems like it was really personal despite how you feel about it. So – I don't know. Just a weird, a weird story to end this, uh, end this season and this podcast. As uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you for coming aboard. You're going to hear a lot of these guys' voices, and it's exciting. It's exciting time for BGN Radios. We're going to get into our off-season mode. We're actually probably going to take a, a week break and just cool the jets. We won't be on WIP next week either. We're going to recharge. I know uh, Brandon's going to go on a cruise, and uh, Cruz is, uh, you know, in his bathtub with, you know. I know some Hennessy and a little battleship or in a floating frog or something like that. So Romantic. <laughs> very romantic. Vince and uh, Jack, we thank you so much for uh, joining us right here on BGN Radio, episode number 217, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com.